The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. Hello, and welcome to Unstuff America, the podcast. I'm here today with Maya D. Haynes, and we're going to talk about the 200 lies that the average person tells themselves every day, which is always a stunning statistic when I share it with folks, that they, I am met with a tremendous amount of skepticism, and we can certainly, in the notes for the podcast, we'll, we'll provide some links for you so that you can follow up and see where these statistics come from, because it's been proven over time that the average adult will hear and say 200 lies a day, which is remarkable. And of course, those range from things like, of course I put the check in the mail, to something perhaps larger with uh, more significant consequences. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, Another part of the statistic is, of course, that they estimate probably two-thirds of them are lies that we tell ourselves. And... I think when it comes to getting and staying organized, the ability to tell the truth, to recognize the truth when you're speaking it, either internally in your own conversation with yourself or out of your mouth to anybody who you're talking to, is essential to achieving the kind of success that I'm interested in you achieving, which is to finally get and stay organized for good, free up time, and get out into the world to participate in a much bigger way than you're probably able to do now because of being stuck in not only those lies, but just the overall fiction of too much to do, not enough time to do it, and it's an easy place to fall back into, and I, that's one of the 200 lies, so... Maya, anything that you want to add to that? I mean, you know that we, we often say this uh, in all of our platforms when we're talking and teaching, so. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I like the part about um, I don't know where to start equals I don't like my choices currently. <laughs> um, that really resonates with me because I, I mean, I've seen it a lot. I think we talked about it. I've worked with a lot of small business owners and so your resources are limited you can get into tight spots you can um it comes down to the choices aren't always attractive and can tend to mean a lot of hard work and more struggle it's not about ease like it's it's you want to avoid anything because it's already so stressful maintaining um you know, a business or throwing an event or whichever else. You're just like, I can't take anymore. I have enough hard, I have enough choices that are hard. What is the easiest thing for me to do? And it's not always easy. The choice isn't always easy. So you can, you, you know, you go through your brain and you, you make the lies make sense. Like, I don't know if you found this in your work as well and talking to people, whether it's, you know, a CEO or a stay at home parent, um, 
you can watch them talk themselves into, well, this is why, and it's a fact, and this is just how it is. Yes. You know, and oh, so how they, do you, how, how do you get people out of the, it's just how it is phase? Like, it's just, this is just who my kid is, or right. this is just how, you know, my managers are managing right now, and I can't do anything about it. This is just who they are. Like, how yeah, would you well, get somebody out of the lie? How do you coach them out of it? The first thing to do is ask them to just repeat it and listen to it. So, I mean, that's what I would say to the listeners is when something comes out of your mouth, the first thing you should do is repeat it. Often we say things in a reactive, not aware, mindful way, mm-hmm. either in the flow of a conversation where there's give and take like we're having right now, other times where it's a more charged conversation where somebody is questioning either your motives, your intentions, uh, the consequences or the results of your choices or your lack of choices. They're trying to get you to change your behavior. And yeah. so there's a, there's a sense of confrontation already in it. And that accelerates or aggravates the stakes so it's that much harder to tell the truth when you feel challenged as if what I think what we hear is you're a liar, not mm. is there, is there, is this the best choice for you? Is not that I'm, I'm willing to bet that that is often what is intended when somebody says, really? It's not, <laughs> you're full of shit and that's like, what are you trying to sell me? Right. As much as, hmm, would you just say it one more time so that we can all hear it without, without the context of the question, particularly if it's in response to something, just say right. it. Right. And then let's see if, if, if it, just floating in the air, it really holds water. It really is the truth and you want to stand behind it and make it mean something more than, oh yeah, that was just a knee-jerk reaction. I actually don't believe that at all. Right. I mean, well, it comes back to it. The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's that, it's that mentality that, and it's everybody is susceptible to it. Like everybody does it. They may have their different degrees of rationale, but it seems like to different degrees, everyone does it. And that, getting pissed off is a part of being defensive, right? And it's the more defensive somebody is, I don't know if you found this in, in working with folks, but the more defensive somebody is, it's about the story, right? That's ringing through. Um, so you pull them out of it by getting them to repeat it and listen to themselves for once. Yep. What is generally the reaction after that? Do they have a process? Do they have an ah moment? Have you seen a range of how? That's typically when people start to laugh. <laughs> it's it, it, they'll either laugh or they'll cry mm. they'll more often laugh at the absurdity of what they're trying to convince me as their proxy of really they're trying to convince themselves of it but what they're trying to do is convince m- me as their stand-in that mm-hmm. this is real and when when there is no challenge to it other than the reflection of, hey, just say it again. Just say it again with <laughs> all the conviction you can possibly muster and let's just really see what's there. That the diffusing of the need for it to be true allows it to 
have some air in it and it's pretty quickly starts to look like Swiss cheese. It starts to have holes in it and they can see it. And again, I would say eight times out of 10, laughter is what it elicits. Two times out of 10, people will start to cry because they, the, the painful reality of the lies that they've been selling themselves to keep themselves stuck. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to veer off into a sidebar here for a second because it's so, it's so telling about the human condition that we are so protective of our comfort this illusory Mm -hmm. false sense of comfort that we will dig in our heels and say anything to keep ourselves safe in the way that we perceive safety. And when that, when that need to protect ourselves falls away and we can look at, God, these are the choices I'm making. And where I'm going with all of this is these choices aren't making you happy right? Mm -hmm. If you look around your home, you look around your office, you're surrounded by stuff that doesn't serve you. It's just there by default. And yet, because of this mindset, because of this defensiveness, because of these lies that you are, that you are in this perpetual cycle of telling and believing, it feels almost impossible to do something else right? You'd have right. to let something go. You'd have, to, you'd have to admit you were lying, which somehow feels like the point of it as opposed to it's a, it's a byproduct on the way to getting rid of stuff and setting yourself free, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just like uh, testifying, whether it's in church or in court, on the other side of that is the liberation of, oh, okay, this is my, I, I did do this. I am guilty, right? I mean, without, again, the shame or any of that stuff, but I'm guilty of this, so I'm going to have to do the time, which means I'm going to have to tell the truth and actually go pick the stuff up off the bedroom floor, or I'm going to have to actually file the papers. I'm going to have to file the insurance documents. I'm going to have to return the license plate and get it taken off my insurance. All of the things are things that you want to do. You want that result. You want to have your insurance reduced. You want the premium reduced because you no longer own that car, but the plate just sits on your dining room table and then you're trapped in that, oh, I'm, I'm an asshole because I'm, I haven't done this, right? I mean, it's still, it's all this very self-reflective upsetness as opposed to really nobody's judging you. You're not the first person to not mail in the license plate the day you took it off your car and sold the car. You don't need to feel bad about it. But instead of sitting in the, I feel bad about it. And so now I'm immobile. What's it going to take to get you out of that and into, Oh, screw it. I'm just going to pop this in the mail. If I do nothing else today, I'm going to put it in an envelope. I'm going to send it off to the Department of uh, Transportation or the Secretary of State, I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to get into where I need to be. Well, lies are so attached to shame, right? That just shame immediately follows lies, right? So, um, you know, and I feel like you're there. I feel like there are two flavors though, and you can correct me. So there's people beating themselves up and they just stay beating themselves up. And so they stay in this hole, right? And then there are people who tell them lies, but at the same time, they're letting themselves off the hook in a way. So it's, you know, they're lying their way to, to freedom. And I'm using air quotes for yeah. <laughs> can't see me. Um, <laughs> but um, that's, that's what it sounds like is this, it's, it's, 
I think you're right. I think there's there's a fork there and they're Mm -hmm. either they're the lie is either keeping them stuck and they feel crappy about it or it's Mm -hmm. keeping them stuck and they somehow feel like they've dodged a bullet. And (laughs) either way, the result is the same crappy outcome to the Mm -hmm. choices. It just is, do they feel bad about themselves or do they feel good about themselves? Either way, the fib is bound up in keeping them right where they are. So there's a few more examples that I just want to run through for everybody to just see if they resonate with them. So there's, I don't have enough time, which really means it isn't important enough to you because you do take the time for the things that matter. Mm -hmm. You don't take the time for the things that don't matter. And I understand in the lie of too much to do, not enough time to do it. It's really hard when you feel like the best you can hope for is triage that you inevitably something is going to be sacrificed for something else to get your attention. And while that is true, it also doesn't need to be that fraught as if you are on the battlefield and you are sacrificing a human life. What you're sacrificing is another episode of Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad (laughs) or Insecure. It doesn't really matter what the show is. It's a lot to sacrifice for some people. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you're giving up. You're not really giving up. It's unlikely that as a result of any of your choices, unless you are a medical doctor in an operating room, the consequences of your choices are some inconvenience, some discomfort. But in the scheme of things, when you think about overall comfort, food, clothing, shelter, right? Mm -hmm. Nutritious food, a roof that doesn't leak, clean clothes on your body, access to hot and cold running water. It feels like comfort is overrated, the the kinds of comfort that we're looking at. And I think, again, when we look at the macro, when we look at America, when we look at the choices that we're making that are so clearly driven by short-term gain and the the lasting overriding consequences of these short-term choices is devastation to our natural resources, to our individual and our collective health and well-being, our economic safety and security, and our ability to be uh, safe on multiple levels, everywhere from cybersecurity to physical harm with whether it's homegrown terrorists or external terrorism. And it's, it's, again, it's so curious to me that where we are stuck is in this needing to defend a shitty choice instead of just saying, oh, you know, really, when I think it through, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think I want to do something else. And certainly when we look to our politicians who Mm -hmm. seem perversely committed to lying and defending them rather than saying, oh yeah, really, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. But now upon a little bit of reflection, I can clearly see that this doesn't serve anybody in a lasting way. There's a, there's a, the cost benefit analysis doesn't weigh this out. We need to make a different choice. And it's so remarkable because it's what everybody runs on And yet it's so little of what people deliver on. So without getting deep down that rabbit hole, I want to just, I want to bring us back to the micro, which is in making these small choices in our own life, we then free up time to participate in the bigger conversation so that we don't run around 
with a chip on our shoulder like an angry, deranged Sojourner Truth, but, and we are able to walk around and poke holes in fibs when they're coming out of our mouths, as well as out of anybody who claims to be representing us or advocating for us, that we are able to be in a much more vigorous dialogue with them and able right. to say, you know, let's just pause for a minute, right? I mean, whatever is going to happen doesn't need to happen in the next five minutes. So let's just spend a little more time exploring this. Let's bring just a little bit more, uh, focus, mindfulness, attention to this, tease it out a little bit more before we commit to it. Because once we commit to it, we really want to be able to throw our weight behind it and say, it's, this is what I believe in and I've examined it. Not, this is what I believe in, I don't want to examine it because I might decide that I don't believe it in it any longer. And that goes to where your scissors live in your home, what you put in your garage, the clothes that are in your closet, as well as the people that are on your school board or your city council. Yeah, well, it's impatience, right? That's what yes. there's a there. It's impatience, you know. And now that things are so instant, now that I could go on my phone and you know dial someone, and somebody could be here with a roasted chicken in five minutes. I people probably get more frustrated when the change is an instant, even if they're not making the moves to change anything. And it's like you were talking about politicians, they're thinking in two year, four year, six year cycles, right? And so that's the longest because they'll switch positions or whichever else. So I'm sure the lies they tell themselves and us are reflective of that, right? right. Except um, that they were elected to govern far right. beyond that. They're writing legislation that is not a short-term, it's not a band-aid. They're writing a law. And the idea is that we should have laws that actually support our safety and well-being, right. not laws that serve certain parts of the population. Now, of course, there's always going to be a minority that will be less served by something than the majority. But we ought to be dealing with bigger percentages than the minority really being the majority and the majority being a minority. Again, that's that bullshit double talk that is so prevalent today in it has nothing to do with the mainstream media or fake news. It's all news and right. it's all it's all the people who are speaking to us as citizens. So I, I do want to come back to just a few yeah. more of those lies. Yeah, because I want to know the top five lies. Like, what yeah. are the top so five we've got, lies? So I don't have enough time, which really right. equals it isn't important enough to me. I don't know where to start, which you've brought up, which is I don't like my choices. It's not that big of a deal, which means it doesn't matter if you're not thinking about it, right? right. There right. are people who are worse than I am, or I'm not as bad as X, Y, or Z, which That's is a big the race at the bottom. And that means that you're letting yourself again off the hook just because other people are worse than you. That's it, the quality of your life <laughs> is not based on being better than people who you don't admire. Right. Let's stop that. And then yeah. I wasn't born organized as if somehow that means <laughs> you're genetically deficient or that you're flawed and incapable of really applying the organizational triangle, which is one home for everything like with like and something in something out. I don't care. First of all, you were born organized because you were born with nothing. So it couldn't have been simpler. When you came out of the womb, you were totally organized because you knew where everything was because it was attached to your body. And if it wasn't attached to your body, 
you didn't have stuff. <laughs> so it's such, it's one of those crazy lies of like, oh, well, I just, I don't have the gene as if there's a, they figured <laughs> out in the, in the yeah. string of DNA that somehow there's a gene that makes you organize. No, putting, assigning everything a home and putting things back where they come from is learned behavior. And yep. you learn that if you, if you go to school, you learn that in kindergarten. If yep. you, have parents that are paying attention. You learn it when they say, put that back where you got it. Right. Now, they might not have assigned it a home with any great thought, but at least they know that the stapler lives on their desk or that the spatula lives in the utensil drawer in the kitchen. Yeah. So they did assign it some home, even if it wasn't a particularly thoughtful home. And your job as the little person in the household is to mimic them and put it back where they put it. Now, on the macro level in the home, we could... I'm sure do an overhaul of where right. things live, assign them better homes, but at least again, it's learned behavior. You learned where the toilet paper goes. You learned where the paper towel goes. You learned yeah. where the dish towels go. You learned where your shoes came from. You learned that if you open the second drawer from the top, that's where your mom or your dad have, or your guardian, your aunt, your grandmother, your uncle yeah. has folded up your underwear and put it in that <laughs> drawer for you. That's the underwear drawer by yeah. default. So again, it's such a specious lie and so prevalent that we are like, oh, you know, I just can't get organized. That's such a load of shit. Of course you can get organized if, if it matters enough to you. And this is, again, where I want to tie it into your values, which is if something matters enough to you that you want to be able to participate in it and it really matters to you and it's not just another one of your 200 lies that, oh, I want to write the great American novel. Oh, I want to go volunteer and help people get registered to vote. Oh, I want to go volunteer in a laboratory and help them cure cancer. But I, I can't because I can't find my car keys or I can't find my cell phone. Well, right. really, if it were that important to you, don't you think you'd figure out how to put your keys or your phone someplace where getting in and out of the house was easy enough that you could go do the things that matter to you. So you have to really ask yourself, is it not that important? And again, I don't care if it's not that important to you. Just stop saying it to everybody like it matters so that you, at a cocktail party, you can turn to your neighbor and say, yeah, you know, I'd really love to be writing. I just don't have the time. Right. I mean, so then if you were to leave our unstuffers with anything, yep. what would it be as far as, okay, I've totally recognized all, I've said all of those things to myself. Now I feel horrible. <laughs> so what? Don't feel horrible. <laughs> so what You're just are, a person. It's just what a, are the a next human steps? condition. The next steps are there's three easy things that you can do to start changing your relationship with the lies that you're telling yourself. The first is to question everything. Again, in an objective, soft-hearted, open-hearted way. Just don't take anything at face value for 30 days. Anything comes out of anybody's mouth, your mouth, your partner's mouth, your kid's mouth, your neighbor's mouth, a politician's mouth, just question it and see if it really has truth. Is it, it, is it true or isn't it true? And see what's going on there. I, I suggest you sh shine some light on it, see if it melts, see if it gets too hot. When you heat it up with some anger and you get all righteous and like, rah, 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 <laughs> see if that, you know, will that force it to melt? Likewise, mm -hmm. freeze it down, throw it in the freezer of indifference. Pretend that it really doesn't matter what happens to it and see if that will cause it to be so brittle it'll break. If none of those things affect it, chances are it's actually true. Right. I suggest that you keep score with yourself. Again, not to shame yourself or to 
on the other side of that fork in the road to let yourself off the hook and just see, you know, on your smartphone, on a notepad, it doesn't matter. Start a running log of all of the things that come out of your mouth and just see how many of them are actually true. How many of them are little white lies that you tell yourself don't have any consequences and just keep track of that again for, you could start with seven days or you could do a full 30 days and just by keeping track of it, you're going to start to recognize, you know, I don't really need to tell somebody that I was late because the subway was, you know, messed up. I, I was late because I didn't allow enough time knowing that the subway yeah. is messed up. I didn't allow enough time, you know, so I should just stop saying, I should stop blaming it on the subway and just say, yeah, you know, I wanted to do what I wanted to do more than I wanted to be here on time. I'm sorry. I will change my behavior. And the last thing is to practice saying, I don't know, instead of saying yes, or speaking something with certainty when you don't know the answer. I learned that a long time ago that it was really helpful to just say, I don't know. Because you'll be surprised what yeah. you'll get when you say that. You can also say, maybe, let me get back to you, instead of volunteering to do something and then having to undo it. Right. And it's possible that you are conflict averse. So it just seems or feels easier to agree to do something instead of questioning it. But I would suggest that that's something that those are the two things to, to do. And the last one to be would be just to say no. Yeah. It's okay. No is a complete sentence. And if, if it doesn't resonate with you, if it isn't aligned with, aligned with your values, it's okay to just say no. And, and, not apologize for it. You can explain it to somebody and say, I love you. And there is a limited number of hours in my day. And of all of the things that matter to me, this isn't one of them. It's not a reflection on you or my affection for you. It, it is a reflection on what I value more. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful to know me when you ask me these things. Yeah. In the same way that it helps me to know you so that I'm not asking you to do things because it's easier or I'm letting myself off the hook and I'm asking you out of some reason other than that I really need and or want you specifically to do this. So I think that there's, again, freedom on the other side of it pissing you off when you understand that the person that you love doesn't value the same things you do. And while it might be upsetting, I believe that it's better to know that mm -hmm. and to keep asking them, having them lie to you, and then being constantly disappointed and becoming resentful. Because I don't see where that gets you any closer to happiness, right? It might be upsetting to know that the person doesn't agree with you. But I think that if there's going to be a meaningful relationship there, better mm -hmm. to know that sooner than later than to keep thinking, God, why do they keep doing that? It's really starting to piss me off. And in their mind, they're thinking, why does he keep asking me this? God, it really pisses me off. It just seems like it'd be better to say, you know, you got to stop asking me because I'm never going to do this. Yeah, I, I mean, it's also, you, it. you're, you're also getting yourself out of a role, right? That yep. people keep casting you in. It's like, well, I can ask this person because they always, whenever I ask them, they jump to it, they always do it. And it may be that they don't, you may be that person that always jumps to it, but you don't necessarily want to, or you don't have the time to, but you make that time because you don't want to disappoint anyone. Right. And, and it, mm -hmm. so then you're spending time you don't really have on something that doesn't really matter. And again, it perpetuates that feeling of shit. I am 
I have no time for the things that really matter to me. Exactly. But you do. It's just, again, 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week, 60 minutes in an hour. How are you spending each of them? Yeah. And so with that, you know, I'm, we're going to wrap this up because uh, that's about as much time as I want to take out of your day today. Yes. You can certainly learn more about us at andrewmellon.com, M-E-L-L-E-N.com. And remember, the truth will set you free, but you're going to have to know it and use it first. Thanks, Thanks so for much. listening to Thanks Unstuff America. If you like what you've heard, please leave us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit andrewmellon.com, where you can get Andrew's three-day quick start course. It's the quickest way to jumpstart your organizing efforts now. 